Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Silicon Sasquatch podcast. This is episode 38, which is a pretty big number, especially if you live in the state of Rhode Island. I'm your host for today, Nick Cummings, and I'm joined by Doug Bonham. It's morning in Japan, so I'm sleepy. I'm also joined by, in Japan, Tyler Martin. I don't understand. What does Rhode Island have to do with anything? 38 Studios. Oh. Too soon? Nah, not soon enough. Nah, not really. Well, I mean, Kurt Schilling has cancer now, so... <laughs> does he? <laughs> oh, Jesus. Kind of kind of low blow there, Nick. I didn't know. That's too bad. That's really unfortunate. And Aaron Thayer's here, too. Say something more depressing, Aaron. Um... I don't think I can top that. I think we've already lost all the listeners of this podcast so far. So, so start over. Poor, yeah. For what it's worth, Kingdoms of Mamalore was a pretty good game. Yeah, I feel a little bit bad that I only played it because of PlayStation <laughs> Plus. So this is our special episode on how we feel about Kingdoms of Amalur. Uh I think we've expressed all our opinions on it yep. at this point. The MMO concept art looked good. <laughs> It did. Copernicus, right? Anyway, moving on to our actual topic today. Um, we've kind of dallied with this concept of uh, streaming on, on the site before. We talked about it. Some of us have even, in our more foolish moments, engaged in it, like Spencer and I have been doing with the uh, Final Fantasy VI stream lately. But there is more to streaming than just dudes like hammer away, hammering away at games to like show off how awesome they are or to just highlight... I don't know. I guess there's this guy like PewDiePie who does streams of god knows what point is there's a whole other aspect of streaming that takes games as like a medium or a starting point and uh uses them to create something entirely new and interesting and so we wanted to kind of call out a few examples today to try and just sort of hash out what's the what's the significance of these things like is this just a flash in the pan or is there something uh kind of deeper in the works here with how people are using games and streaming as a medium to uh kind of create their own new and unexpected kinds of uh, entertainment. Uh, so the first example we wanted to discuss today was uh, this thing that's currently running as of the recording of this podcast. It's been up for about three days. It's called uh, Twitch Plays Pokemon. And just to take a step back so everyone's familiar, Twitch uh, or Twitch TV is uh, the, the probably the preeminent game streaming service right now. Uh, it's got stupid high amounts of bandwidth usage at peak hours. I think it even beats like um amazon as far as like video content delivery goes at peak traffic hours so basically a lot of people are watching a lot of other people play games it's beating hulu i don't think it's beating netflix no that's right uh yeah there was an article talking about bandwidth usage in the united states and since video is so bandwidth heavy netflix takes the cake with a huge percentage but the surprise was seeing twitch up there in the top five so how long until comcast starts trying to throttle twitch streams uh it's another debate for another time Depends on how fast this uh, court uh, ruling gets passed down into practice. So, but... so Nick, how how could how could a streaming website possibly play Pokemon by itself? It doesn't have thumbs. Oh God damn it, Doug! <laughs> Doug has a very good point, despite <laughs> the fact that it makes me cringe. Um, so what's happening is actually in this case, uh, most game streams are people, you know, usually one person sitting at their computer or console playing a game. Sometimes they're on camera addressing an audience. Sometimes they're being obnoxious. Usually they are. It's kind of off-putting to some, I guess. But in this case, uh, someone has a ROM of Game Boy, the original Game Boy Pokemon, like blue or red, and it's rigged up in such a way that... So um, viewers of a Twitch stream can also join a chat channel. And how they have it set up is you type what button you want the, the emulator to press in the game, 
and uh, the game will just kind of play out based on the commands that are input by the chat audience. And uh, once you get up to around a couple thousand people watching and entering commands at once, it becomes just this absolute just disaster. Uh, but somehow, despite all the odds, uh, it looks like they've actually made some progress in the stream. <laughs> uh, they have a full party of Pokemon. They've been out catching and training and stuff. Uh, I Sometimes they'll just stand in the middle of a field for about six minutes while people <laughs> try to either save or move left. They've gotten some badges, haven't they? I think so. I haven't watched in a, a couple of I days, know they but... at least beat Brock, I think. Well, anyone could beat Brock, <laughs> but <laughs> Brock sucks. But the point is, like, um, it's it's utilizing the medium in a way that's almost like, I want to say performance art. Uh, it's a little bit, I mean, more garish than that, maybe, but um, this it's it's an interesting experiment to let mob rule loose on a single game like this. It reminds me, uh, I don't know, I've been kind of following Let's Plays since before streaming was even a thing. Like, I remember reading screenshot Let's Plays on uh, Something Awful. And yeah. there was uh, one forum poster who did, like, a whole slew of the Pokemon games. And eventually he just ran out of Pokemon games. So they did a stream of them playing through a ROM hack of an old Pokemon game with, like, entirely, like, user-designed Pokemon. Like, no actual like Nintendo brand Pokemon. It was like some weird name. It was like Pokemon Quartz or something. And it, it wasn't even about watching them play anymore. It was about watching people in the chat react to the weird, like abominations that you'd find in the field. And just like, there were like weird, like racial stereotypes and just like monsters that were like pleading out for you to end their suffering. But <laughs> instead you were catching them with Pokeballs. And so, yeah, there's just like definitely something more engaging about having uh, a, a group of people if anything it, it's kind of evocative of being like back in kindergarten and like sitting around with your classmates and watching someone else read a story to you like even if the story is itself isn't like very entertaining like just being with the crowd is fun on its own or maybe it might be more akin to something like going to see the rocky horror picture show in a movie theater these days it's like you're not there for the movie you're yeah. there for the experience yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know how it's going to play out. You know the source material, but it's the, it's the recreation part of it that is the appeal. Which attracts me to or this the, idea. the spectacle. Yeah, it attracts me because I hate competitive multiplayer anyway, so I'd rather be cooperative and play with a bunch of people even on a live stream. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah, and one of the cool things about watching those uh, Pokemon Let's Plays is that in terms of the party, uh, aside from like the initial Pokemon they would start with, the group was always left to like a, a hive mindish vote. It's like, who do you want in my party? Like, who am I going to be building up? Will I'm, am I going to evolve them? Like, and they would leave some decisions to themselves just so you could keep progressing in the game. So like, we we can't have like a whole party of water types, and I'm not gonna let you guys choose the entire move sets or anything. But it would yeah. be interesting to watch and, like, them focus on a Pokemon that maybe people would normally use because it's kind of underpowered or something well i think you you had mentioned um the the final fantasy fiesta is that what it yeah. is which is um it's like final fantasy people... Final job fiesta or something it's like the whole name yeah you basically roll a random set of dice to figure out which which uh jobs you have to pick and yeah and that's deliberately played them. out in a way that like you're not required to finish the game so it's not like uh <laughs> you don't compete if you're not going to finish the game. It's just like, how far can you get with this party you rolled? Yeah. 
that, that's always been a big part, I think, of taking games and making them a spectator thing is in, involving the crowd in, in meaningful ways. Um, I can only speak to a limited extent on this, but Spencer and I have been, uh, like I mentioned, going through Final Fantasy VI. We're about four hours into the game now. And um, if you want to watch us, uh, the highlights, past episodes, and current upcoming stuff is on twitch.tv slash ymog which is uh, my channel with the creepy Nicolas Cage head. But um, you, uh, we've, we've been uh, crowdsourcing all of our character names because up to this point, it's still a pretty linear game. There's not a whole lot we can do in terms of like party composition or um, we're not in the world of ruin yet, so we can't choose where to go next. But uh, what's been fun so far is getting people to weigh in on like um, who should, um, what should we name these people and like how should they be placed in the party, who should control, control them, etc. And I think what's kind of fun about this Pokemon experiment is that it's it stands in stark contrast to that because all the control is given to all of the viewers. There's nobody to like act as the gatekeeper, and what you have instead is this complete like like I guess clusterfuck is actually the best word for it. Yeah, I, I, we don't want to go too blue for no reason, but that does sound like an apt description. Yeah, uh, which is uh, actually kind of like completely the opposite of the next. Uh, thing we wanted to talk about which is this ongoing series that doug's uh quite familiar with called video game championship wrestling oh my god yes um what 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 the hell is this so sound more exasperated doug (laughs) (laughs) um to set things up it's the simplest boiled down way is it's somebody doing semi machinima with uh the wwe video games um, so the WWE games for at least four, five, six, well, for a long time have had creation suites, I guess you could say. Like you've been able to create wrestlers, then to create arenas, and um, for video game championship wrestling, you can also, or for this purpose, you can also create storylines. Sometimes in the game, there'll be um, like single player ish moments that kind of are like or inspired by the real life wrestling things that you would see in the WWE or would see in the past in WCW. So like characters talking backstage or somebody getting hit with a limousine. It's all built on the WWE. Like, uh, I guess now it would be 2k 14 engine though. Right. So it's somewhat limited in what they can do. Well, it's, it's been, it is a little limited, but I, I guess if you watch VGCW, I, I, I feel bad. I haven't watched nearly enough. And it's partially because of time zones, partially because I haven't, you know, had it on my brain and I've spent too much time watching real life wrestling instead. But what they're able to do with the story creator is pretty inspired. And what they're able to do with the, uh, what they're able to do with the character creation as well is, is particularly inspired as well. Um, so video, yeah. video game championship wrestling is then a fake or pretend make believe wrestling uh, championship wrestling uh, company that uses characters, personalities from video games and some Japanese other like anime and manga. Predominantly from video games, though. What's the most obscure character you've seen? Um, Nick, how about you can start? Have you seen uh, anybody really obscure? Like yesterday we saw... We saw Nappa uh, from Dragon Ball Z. I don't know if that's obscure, though. I just haven't seen that in like 20 <laughs> years. Um, 
I don't know. I mean, my favorite so far is that there's a tag team of Gabe Newell and Adam Jensen from Deus Ex Human Revolution uh, called, what was it? Steam? Uh, Safety Valve. Safety Valve, (laughs) yeah. And their entrance music is uh, Men Without Hats is the Safety Dance. (laughs) Um, I'm looking at the... That's the best part to me is like, yeah, the character editor is just, the editor for that game is so robust that like they import custom like theme music for characters. They look astonishingly like the actual characters there are impersonating. Even the Dr. Robotnik one is pretty damn con- convincing. There's a Donkey Kong that looks like a gorilla. <laughs> the Donkey Kong is kind of it's frightening. Staggering. But um, one of the characters that's been added in for a recent story or for this recent season is Gray Fox from Metal Gear Solid. Um, yeah. Like a lot of the ter- typical type of characters you would expect. Sonic the Hedgehog is looks looks particularly frightening. Giles, Angief, uh Wario, Mario... Uh, little little Mac from Punch Out was a big character in the first yeah. series. <laughs> um, I guess I guess about the most obscure would be like Chief Audino and Angry Video Game Nerd being a, a tag team called uh, Game Center Fu, <laughs> uh, and also probably the most obscure could possibly be, be um, Segata Sanshiro. Oh God! Uh, made famous as the character slash advertisement uh face of the sega saturn in japan um <laughs> his his tag his his name is kind of a pun on play sega and the 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 theme or the jingle from the advertisements for the for the saturn is in my head again and it, it ends with you know his name his name and then play sega saturn and you see if microsoft was smart they would once they bring streaming to the xbox one they would create a service like this and maybe do it legitimately. Maybe do it for like Killer Instinct or something. Mm-hmm. But now that like achievements are getting completely out of hand with things like achievements for Netflix and everything, let people bet their gamer score. <laughs> oh man, stake your. Uh, we're not quite to talking about that match. yet, but um, oh, I would I would go so in on that. I got a gamer score to burn. <laughs> VGCW runs shows on Twitch. Uh, it's usually the time that when they run is whenever the creator and host um, Baz, uh, a British guy, whenever he posts on the on the Twitter stream is when you 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 read that and you go to the, you go to Twitch and watch the live. They also have all their shows archived as well, of course. But it's now been running for just over a year as VGCW, and they've done through six different story arcs. Uh, the first one followed Little Mac. The second one. Uh, had to do with somebody being a turncoat, and I think uh, Phoenix Wright began investigating into what was going wrong. <laughs> the Is third Miles was Edgeworth a... in there too. I'm not sure. The third was a, a tournament to to reign or to crown a new champion. After I think there was some nonsense with Donkey Kong and Charles Barkley both using a <laughs> finishing move that was uh, banned because it was basically a one hit kill in the game. The fourth season is called WrestleVania, and it involves Dracula from Castlevania, like creating a stable of evil dudes, including Kefka, Dan Hibiki, and Vegeta, to try and take over the world. Um, and it involves v- Vegeta going Majin and Super Saiyan, and then eventually sacrificing himself for the good of VGCW. Oh, which leads Christ. this leads to the fifth season, which is called Dragon Brawl which has Nappa and a few other of the good guys looking for the Dragon Balls to then revive uh, Vegeta. Wait, so, Nappa's a good guy? Yeah, Nappa, Nappa turned to be a good guy. This is not canon. So this is... No, this is just really? Like a, a production that 
is watched. This doesn't have audience participation in it like the uh, Pokemon on Twitch did. Not no 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 not in that same way. And also so um, but there is an extensive fan maintained wiki about. Oh this. God, yeah, the wiki oh, is fantastic. which is I think where VGC, people get really VGCW.wikia.com is fantastic. But also um, so people in the in their uh, and the uh, fans have created characters or helped with character models and altering altering characters in, for the game, and also um, the the way that this plays out, it's not like the guy's playing all these matches. What he's done is created the story stuff, which plays, and then the show begins, the matches begin, and it's just AI. Mm-hmm. And if you've heard about this before, um, the games, there's a running inside joke in VGCW that this is TH quality. Uh, that you can see when the glitches and all the bugs happen. And there are plenty of glitches that happen in WWE games. And so when they happen, it just adds to the absurdity. And also it means that him trying to script, you know, who wins, who loses, isn't exactly the easiest thing in the world. So having to write on the fly for, oh, this is the person who won the match, but this is not who I wanted to win. Uh, that makes it a bit more interesting as well. Hmm. That's kind of fascinating to see it set up as like, almost a real season of wrestling or a TV show or having production value involved. It's a, yeah. it's as production value as you can get based out of the video game, but it is interesting how it spawned like the women's division, which includes Carmen San Diego and soul <laughs> characters and stuff. Uh, uh, how it has a, got, um... a junior division called star road. And then also I think they're making a Wait, wrestling video game championship. Wrestling has its own version of NXT. Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, like a, like a young junior division, and then also um, recently for real WWF, some of the women's wrestling wrestlers, the Divas, have done a spinoff show with E, where it's a reality show, and I yeah. think they even made a reality show for that for the for the women and some of the other characters for VGCW in How? The Sims. The Wait, Sims. Is yeah. Sims. Is someone making money <laughs> off of this? I don't know how much he's making off Twitch, but I'm sure it's enough. It's really impressive. I hope they're making money because this is like, given the tools they're working with, what I've I've seen a few matches and it's pretty spectacular. Just like how much attention and, and care went into making this absolute, just like I don't know, circus of an experience. It makes you wonder what they could do if uh, WWE actually let uh, 2K like have their own storylines in the the WWE games. It's it's actually happened in some of them. Like there's. For a long time, there was a single-player mode where it would be like this created story for the game. Um, and one of them that was in a game a few years ago actually involved like you creating a character who becomes this rookie for WWE that you then guide through the storyline. Um, so they've done stuff like that before, but and, and the game creators have done that stuff before, but their suite of tools is not exactly robust, let's put it that way. Now, I'm curious with this, because to, to bring it back to the streaming... Do you think that this element, this level of engagement that we're seeing thanks to live streaming like Twitch and others, Ustream is another big one, uh, it seems like those are enabling this sort of creativity from the community and it almost seems positive in a way compared to the the negative stuff that we hear in the news. Do you think that this was always there in the background um, or and just Twitch and others enabled it or this is just a new phenomenon, this is kind of the future? Well, I've seen a few um, on something awful. They've also done, you know, text based or people recording their stuff to it. But there's been a few as well, which are participatory, like with um, in some sports games where people can either 
like try to become one of the named characters in the game or also they become like they help somebody playing a wrestling game with their votes about who should get you know who should be made the champion who should not stuff like that so mm-hmm. it's it's a little bit less participatory but i think the uh, the creator baz does listen to some of the things from the audience as well Although they do have the nickname that he's Baz McMahon and, and running, it as, <laughs> running it in a similar way to Vince McMahon, which was just makes me think of the Vince McMahon strut. So does he? He has his own created character in the video game championship wrestling, then, right? I, I think I think he just uses the Vince McMahon in the game. To oh. be honest, that's a, that's a little boring. Well, on the other side of the uh, whole video game characters being the crap out of each other conversation is uh, completely uh, randomized, completely computer-controlled uh, phenomenon called Salty Bet. Yep. Uh, and Salty Bet is still running. I remember it kind of made it, made it into what I would call like my Twitter mainstream, where like everyone I follow who is famous in games, um, whatever the hell that's yeah. worth, was posting about it and following it pretty avidly. Uh, Salty Bet, for those of you wondering, is uh, a constantly running stream of characters one-on-one battles in a fighting game engine called mugen um which is effectively just like a 2d fighting platform that people have worked on extensively and used to basically set up implausible fights between like familiar characters like street fighter characters mortal kombat characters and then things that are just completely batshit crazy out of nowhere um like for example doug mentioned a super saiyan homer simpson uh earlier before the show um so salty bed takes this and has constant um fights happening one-on-one between i guess a a library must be hundreds if not thousands of characters yeah uh and what happens is people watching place bets beforehand on who they think is going to win the match uh and it sounds simple and it sounds like a bizarre waste of time but it's still going strong and i believe it's even monetized right like you can buy more salts yeah i think you can pay for some of that and i remember back in the summertime too is when some things started to change tyler and i when he came and visited me in in my part of japan and it was a couple weeks after the salty bet sort of uh boom happened when everybody was talking about it and some things were even happening back then or in september where it was they started to balance the game but in ways that were strange so now if you go to bet you don't see the character that's coming up's name when you bet before a match because it turned out that too many people had access to stats or other things. Like people were scraping stats off of Salty Bet. Yeah. And, oh, no and doubt. finding out who was who was winning and who and it's what sort of rate. So it made betting like only people who were fools were betting for the guy that wasn't the favorite. It made things almost impossible. Like you had to be really kind of random to have somebody who's way overpowered lose and have people gain a ton of money, which isn't the point of the thing, I think. So, Aaron and Tyler, um, I know you guys are at least marginally familiar with Salty Bet, and I know that, Tyler, you you and Doug watched some, like you just mentioned, but uh, what can you... I'm at a loss. Do you guys have any idea why this is still going and like why it was so popular? I'm not a, a gambler, really, but I remember spending hours with this thing running in the background and just occasionally checking in to see if I was winning or losing bets. Well, I remember uh, saying with Doug like the first time we were watching that that watching Salty Bet felt for me like watching some like 80s action movie. And we're talking about the scene, like maybe you start and it's like dirty basement area. Maybe there's like cockfighting or something, but it's like a bunch of like old Chinese guys, like all waving money around. And it's just yeah. a filthy place. Everyone's chain smoking. And then you see the action hero. He's all like bandaged up and drunk and beat up and he's getting ready to 
throw down one more time. And it just it doesn't make any sense at all. But the other you just there's something weirdly compelling about watching like just these completely random matchups. And the most entertaining for me watching it with Doug was just like the matches where it went away that you did not expect at all. Like we would see original characters not pulled from any property <laughs> that just looked like some MS paint like abomination. And that's no exaggeration. There were literally MS paint abominations in this. <laughs> but thing. they were overpowered remember. as hell. Yeah, and I forget this one that we saw, Doug, but it was like some like stoner archetype. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His eyes were all bloodshot and everything, and some of his supers like involved like him smoking a blunt, and like the whole screen would just start <laughs> flashing. It was fantastic, Seattle man. And yeah, it it, it was just like he, they would come out of nowhere, and yeah, it's not fair. But the entire system isn't fair. And thank God that there's no actual money involved in these matchups because um, don't tell me there's actual money involved in these I don't think there's actual money involved in the matchup. I just remember the, uh, <laughs> one of the best overpowered characters from it was uh, Omega Tiger Woods. <laughs> As for why it's still going, though, I have rightfully no idea because it, for me it was literally a flash in the pan type thing. It's like once I saw like the limits of how far this thing could go, it's like okay, I've seen what you guys can do with this. So well, I, mean, I, to be I would, fair, I, I think that we did a whole podcast about this back in August, episode twenty-two, and I think that the fact we haven't talked about it since August kind of tells me that yeah, it's more of a flash in the pan. I'll echo the sentiments I I put on that podcast. Um, which I think are more or less, it doesn't do anything for me. I appreciate the insanity, but I'd rather watch the uh, the wrestling streaming that Doug's talking about. That sounds more fascinating to me because there's a bit of a, I don't know, story involved, not really a traditional story, but it's at least a wrestling one. So there's some more background. Just seeing exhibition matches against admittedly insane character uh matchups just i don't i don't think i really care enough to watch that for more than five minutes yeah yeah salty but bgcw has its own like version of kayfabe where what happens in those matches gets integrated into the story yeah salty bet doesn't hold any clout for me anymore but uh yeah i could see like i mentioned earlier like i i would like to see an actual publisher of one of these like combative these competitive games engage the audience in such a fashion to have like these cpu versus cpu matches that you could just kind of run in the background maybe have like as a background noise or something yeah and even look at a series like street fighter where they have they have like dozens of characters all ridiculously expressive and kind of over overblown they could totally do a, a season out of that i think mm-hmm. you would you would get more of a reaction if you did had it like launch with a game like let's say capcom made a marvel versus capcom 4 and if they just went completely mm-hmm. insane with their character choices the way they did with Marvel versus Capcom 2, like that would be an entertaining yeah. thing to watch. If they added a lot yeah. more characters and it made it a lot more weird characters, it'd just, be fun because truly really big... scrape the bottom of the barrel as oh, far yeah. as like Capcom properties go. The best part of Salty Bet is seeing just just like how bizarre things come out. Um, but the the problem with Salty Bet it became their balancing. I remember reading about it on something awful and other places where they're talking about like what this guy was doing and what he was doing wrong in terms of like altering salty bed or doing things 
and my, my point is or my thought is that the, the scraping of stats isn't the problem it's that the character matches became mismatches mm-hmm. and it'd be fun to see matches that are between people of the same rank or the same area instead of just like one-sided whitewashes because that would still spur the the gambling and fighting yeah um there's one last example i want to jump to before we run out of time and that's um kind of like vgcw where it parallels uh the kind of story beats of your average wwe season is um this thing that was going on recently i don't know if it's still happening i assume not since football season's over but it's this thing called breaking madden that's been running on uh, sb nation and uh doug it sounds like you've been following that closely so yeah what's that about um so a writer for sb nation which for video game fans who don't know it's the company that also formed the verge and polygon.com um sb nation's the big side of it it does a lot of sports coverage and one of their writers um decided to mess around with madden every week during the season this year and to theme that around a specific game so one game or another during the season i think early in the year he kept punching on the jacksonville jaguars who were a really bad football team this year and it kept it was not such like oh i'm just gonna play the game it would be things like I'm going to create a seven foot, 400 pound running back named Beef Tank <laughs> and see how, how far and how just dominant I can be with one player. Or then it was, remember Tecmo, Tecmo Bowl back in the day? The, the real life running back for the Raiders at the time, Bo, Bo Jackson, famous from those Bo, no, Bo Nose commercials and for being both a amazing football player and amazing baseball player. Um, he was, way overpowered in tech mobile and you could like run up and down and zigzag around the field and have people like just following you forever in tech mobile and he wanted to recreate that in madden and it worked um but the most recent the final one the season finale um came in the super bowl and we'll put a link with the uh when this goes live but it is worth reading through the whole thing he took charity donations to be able to be a character to have your name in on one of the characters in this um, Super Bowl matchup and also took votes from the people who donated whether it should be the Seahawks or the Broncos who were way overpowered and it ended up being prophetic that the Seahawks wound up being the way overpowered team in this matchup and he tried to make the most lopsided matchup possible <laughs> in Madden so to, to quote the image that's in this in this uh, article all the Seahawks players became seven feet tall, four hundred pounds, and good at everything. All of the Broncos became five foot one sixty and bad at everything. <laughs> and then the game played out, and he played as the Seahawks and destroyed <laughs> the game. And I'll let you read the article and uh, see what it ended up with, but it's a fascinating read. Not just um, not just to watch the Denver Broncos get destroyed, but to see what happens with this game and just see how far it gets broken. It stopped keeping score. (laughs) After like what, 255 points? The game could not count any higher than 255 (laughs) points. Yeah. They used the wrong variable type. for that. I guess to, to spoil this, but it's worth reading to the end to see his writing. He's a, it's John boys. Who's an SB nation writer. He's very good, but the game gives up. (laughs) <laughs> he interprets it as the game just like tapping out and waving the white flag. I wonder if Tiburon should take any notes from this. I wonder if they have. That'd be a good question. I'm sure they are. I mean, this is the first time that a sports writer's paid 
any degree of attention to Madden beyond just like, oh, hey, the graphics look marginally better. And as far as I know, in quite a long time. So it's certainly the first time I've seen like an original series like this where they use the game as a platform to try and play out these what-if scenarios. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I know EA every year predicts the Super Bowl outcome with Madden, but... They were way off this year, weren't they? Didn't they predict the Broncos winning? Yeah, I think they did. By like six points or something. I feel like that should be a pretty big warning sign for those guys. Yeah. Uh, God, I hope they don't like figure people's bonuses out based on that. <laughs> I shouldn't joke that much. <laughs> but this also ties into, I guess, are we going to go into one more topic with this, or do we running? Are we running out of time? Yeah, we should. We should end on a, a positive note, which is um, this whole notion of like people are also using this these uh, games as platforms, not just to like entertain in weird and bewildering ways, but also just to um, spread a good message and raise some money. So. Um, I don't know. Aaron, did you have a good example for this? For charity streams? No. Yeah. Wasn't, oh, never mind. Wasn't, uh, wasn't Spelunky doing it for charity in some way? The stuff with... Um, were they? The two who were competing against each other? I thought that was part of the charity aspect, wasn't it? Oh. Patrick Klepek and Chris Remo? Yeah. Uh, I don't know if there's any charity element. I know that they have been going at this rivalry for a long time yeah. now. I think that's better maybe uh, part Tyler. of the problem though is i don't i can't think of any positive uh game streams that are for charity so i'd be well there was there was awesome games done quick which is the one i was thinking of but it was a while back yeah um which was uh the speed demos archive which is kind of like the big place on the internet where people go to compete and post their fastest run-throughs of all kinds of games they did a long like more than a week-long marathon raising money running a million dollars and ran this Twitch stream the whole time where they would play through games. And depending on how much money was raised for a specific game, they would, you know, make things harder on themselves, uh, skip certain sequences altogether. Um, it was it was kind of actually fascinating to me. Like, I spent more time watching that than just about any other stream I've ever seen just because you'd see a game you thought you knew inside and out, like Super Metroid or Corona Trigger, and people had found ways to break it um, in totally unexpected ways. I think Paper Mario might be my favorite one there because that game is unexpectedly just completely janky when you break it down and it's so fun to watch people exploit it um doug also um i think well doug and tyler you both had examples yeah. uh tyler you've been mashing the chat for about two minutes you want to talk about hyrule hustlers well i just thought it was funny you're like i can't think of any streams for charity <laughs> uh there's one going on right now called a uh, hyrule hustlers where they're playing through the the main line i guess uh, or canonical zelda games for charity and the way it seems to be working is that it's it's donation-based for Child's Play, which, I mean, I know certain people have misgivings because of their association with Penny Arcade, but it is a worthwhile charity. Uh, and the way it works is they have, like, almost Kickstarter tiers for unlocking additional hours. So if you want them to play for a certain number of time, it costs that much more money. So, like, right now, they've got 82 hours unlocked, which is just obscene. Oh, God. That is more than three days. And uh, for the next hour, it's like another $135, which, given that they've raised almost $1,500, seems pretty doable right now. Hopefully, this isn't like a uh, every hour is like a $200 thing. Hopefully, it's more of an exponential thing, because otherwise, they're going to be playing for yeah. the rest of their lives. <laughs> they might have to touch the CDI games if they keep going. Oh, no. That's just... That's not... That's not healthy um there's been for the last few years a uh, marathon like a a charity marathon series um called extra life 
and a lot of people in the uh, video games like press and world and everything have been working in this organization or working with this in the I think it's in the fall so like October or November and what they do is uh, people like it's like how you used to do a fun run like you oh, I'm gonna do this 10k or I'm gonna run a marathon so sponsor me to do it except it's groups that play games for 24 hours um, I believe Giant Bomb did it this year I think Brad played Dota 2 for 24 hours which is I don't know if you needed to pay him to do that oh, God. but um and the, the other giant bomb guys were chipping in with other stuff for a second day of it but one of the ones I I follow Rebel FM they did a, an extra live stream and they also put the twist in that there are um punishment hours so if you donated extra money like maybe double the regular hour cost then you could uh specify what game you would want the people to play <laughs> and this oh, could be could go bad th this could go very bad or it could be like a decent game that you know the people who are involved just hate so that that led to some interesting stuff and be fun to do that with giant bomb make jeff play yoshi's story <laughs> <laughs> not even yoshi's out the shitty one the shitty one yeah the really shitty um one. and they've they've raised quite a bit of money i'm gonna try and check and see how much they have uh, last year's one raised quite a bit of money. I know a lot of groups raised thousands of dollars. I would not be surprised given that both of the next-gen consoles, or I guess now current-gen consoles, yeah. will at least in the near future be supporting streaming to see like the social groups of Sony or of Microsoft actually engaging in these practices themselves. Like Maybe seeing like the PlayStation broadcast guys uh doing their own extra live stream on PS PS4 or maybe like Major Nelson doing a stream for Xbox One or something. Yeah. That'd be cool. Extra Life says that since two thousand eight they've raised more than eight million dollars and four million dollars in was in was from twenty thirteen alone. It's not so a, they, they do a have a lot of sponsors. Change. They do have a lot of sponsors, including Twitch and the platform holders and um some other big groups, so yeah, they they would be worth a look once Extra Life 2014 comes around. Yeah, um, there there are a lot of great charitable uh, game streamers out there as well. Like we mm -hmm. didn't even talk about Desert Bus for Hope, which is arguably like one of the first. That was one of the first ones for of, sure of its kind. Um, but definitely, if you're listening to this and it sounds like a, a cause you're interested in, or you just want to see some people put themselves through a mildly uncomfortable situation for a long period of time to raise money for a good cause. Yep. Just go ahead and uh, check some of those out. Hyrule Hustlers is going on as of this podcast. Don't know if it still will be by the time you hear it, but uh, keep an eye out for it. And uh, definitely check out the uh, other series we mentioned, like VGCW, uh, if you're interested in seeing what a group of focused creative people can do with a game as a uh, platform, because it's kind of crazy. And if you just want to get your salts up, go look at Salty Bud, because apparently that still runs. But just don't spend too much time there. Nope. Uh, guys, Doug, Aaron, Tyler, thank you for joining me. Thank you. Well, you're welcome. And uh, unless anyone has any parting thoughts, we're, we should uh, call it a day. Uh, just to, to say Extra Life 2014 is in October, the end of October. So let's uh, take a look at that when it comes back around. Yeah, maybe we could organize something through the site and uh, participate. Definitely. Just remember, whatever you do, don't cross the streams. We were gonna let that one just lay there for a while, so I'm glad we all let's did. just let's just end the podcast there. <laughs> 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 yeah.